What's up, my podcast listeners? This is your host, Rafael Matuszewski, and today we're going to talk about mobility training uh, because I feel like it's one of those topics where people don't really understand what it really is. They just assume that mobility is um, basically some sort of flexibility thing. And I and I, I get where people's thought process kind of goes into that direction. But um, what I try to convey to my clients and people online that mobility is more so like strength training for your joints specifically so they can move more effectively actively so maybe to kind of start this off it's more so to almost talk about um how um the difference between active and passive range of motion affects everything that we do so an example of that is if i you know, take my arm out to abduction and external rotation, and I try to drive my fist as far back as possible into external rotation, that's my active control from here to here. And that's where I'm like squeezing, I'm activating everything as much as possible to get that range of motion. Now, what the difference between that and passive is say if I had someone here and they would take my arm and they would crank it as far as possible. And usually um, most people have more passive than active. And what I look for is when I do an assessment is what the difference is between active and passive. And there's a big gap, then that just tells me that actively I can gain so much more because my passive range of motion is a little bit further. When there's huge gaps, that's where I get concerned. That's where I go, okay, well, this person has all this range of motion that they don't control. If their shoulder goes into that range without any active control, then they probably have a higher chance of injuring themselves. Or if they get into an act, uh, a passive range of motion that they don't control and they end up you know, doing a shoulder press and their arm goes out into a direction where they don't actually control it and then things end up hurting, um, tissues start um, getting injured and you know the whole thing kind of falls into play in that sense. So what I'm trying to get at is the moment that I see something like that, that's where I would want to strengthen their joint into their passive range and make it active. So technically you become more flexible, more mobile, but you're also gaining strength at the same time. Hopefully that makes sense. So what we need to start thinking about is that mobility training is just another form of strength training. It just looks different. And a lot of times people don't pay attention to it because they're so stuck in this box of traditional exercise. Meaning I do bicep curls, I do tricep extensions, I do shoulder presses, I do squats, I do deadlifts, I do whatever exercising think of. And that's all fine to get better at that movement. But there's so many other ways to improve the human body for function, uh, performance, everyday life, you name it. But 
everyone's zeroed in on this idea that, you know, they have to do those traditional exercises. But really when you get down to the root of how those exercises became, it's done based on old cadaver studies where they literally would pull strings through joints and literally like save the bicep and they pull the freaking string and then the arm goes as they pull and they're like okay well the bicep does you know elbow flexion and extension so that's going to be called a bicep curl and you can weight it but like your bicep your elbow joint can not only do curls here but it can also go on to all these different ranges at the shoulder joint while moving your elbow joint so then why wouldn't you want to train that elbow joint in all those different ranges where your shoulder can go and then you start realizing that our anatomy is more than just what we see in the gym every day so now it goes into a further rabbit hole and i think we're going to kind of go all over the place in this episode because this is something people really need to understand and you know if you don't pay attention to how this industry evolves you get set back really quickly now when you think about traditional strength and i'm not like shitting on strength like i still do traditional exercise i still you know, use my kettlebells, I still use a barbell and everything like that, but my priority has become more joint health and joint strength compared to, let's see how much I can deadlift. And that kind of goes into my next point is, say for example, you know, I've been doing traditional strength training where I'm doing all these lifts and I eventually get to a point of accommodation. So say for example, I'm doing bicep curls and you know i've been training bicep curls for the last three years but for some reason i can't get past bicep curling 35 pounds more than six reps without my form looking like shit so i hit the accommodation of how much my tissue can take on force in that line of pull doing that bicep curl now there's nothing left for me that specific tissue that I'm constantly doing this thing with my elbow is done, like there's nothing else. But then what we were talking about before is like my shoulder joint can go into all these different ranges that will affect the angle of this tissue. So if you like literally think of taking a cadaver and you look at that whole bicep tissue, there's so much going on in that little area that a bicep curl, a standard curl, is only going to spread force over a certain amount of tissue. It's not going to take the entire um, uh, muscle to activate, right? There's no such thing as an all, in, or all or nothing thing. So in order to actually attack the bicep, there's going to be other ways to do it to make sure you're you know, building. And this kind of goes... Um, I'm a type of person that always likes to get to the root things. So even if you look at someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who like was way beyond his time when it came to bodybuilding, um, he was a type of individual who started coming up with all these different variations. And even if you look at like old literature of bodybuilding, you know, they have these like words of like angle of pull and, you know, 
you doing a lap pull down like this will only hit certain lines of tissue. But then if I lean 30 degrees back and do the same motion, it's going to hit the lats, um, all your rotator cuff muscles a little bit differently. So when we start thinking about training in that aspect, then, you know, no wonder does like any bodybuilder find like 80 different variations of bicep curls to continue that, you know, stress through the tissue, this tissue has to adapt and then it grows and so forth, right? So really what we should be doing is not only finding variations of exercises that are non-traditional, but also attacking the connective tissue that allows you to produce those movements. And this goes into the whole kind of internal strength model, which is mobility training, which is a, like strength training, right? So if you think about every single movement we do, it's all based and all started on an internal level. In order for me to do that bicep curl, this elbow joint has to activate all that deep stuff in there to do this motion. But when I start asking people, when was the last time you took time to train your elbow, like connective tissue specifically? They're like, well, never. Like most people don't dedicate any time to that elbow. Now, if I told you that, you know, that example earlier where I'm doing bicep curls and I've hit my plateau of 35 pounds for only five reps and anything beyond that is becomes terrible and with my form. So it's like, okay, well, I can't produce more force to do that curl. So what produces force in my body? It's my nervous system and connective tissue to produce the movement. So if I could train my connective tissue to produce more force, then that external movement of a bicep curl will improve. So then now it's like, people should be focusing on not only traditional strength training, like bicep curls, shoulder presses, deadlifts, whatever, but they should also focus on a different form of strength training for the connective tissue, AKA mobility training. It's just like how, this was probably like 10 years ago where everyone kind of went through this whole phase of aerobic based training. It was a facet of training that most people forgot about or didn't pay attention to. And when it came to recovery times, it was super vital. So people started doing cardio again, like it became a whole thing. So a lot of times people kind of blend their training into one thing and then they forget about all this other stuff. And funny enough, like the other week I decided to go for a run and I haven't ran in so fucking long. It's like been ridiculous. And I remember this was like 10 minutes in and I checked my watch. I was like, Oh, my heart rate's at 194 and I'm like jogging. And I was like, wow, my like aerobic base system is so underdeveloped where it used to be because most of you don't know, but I used to run marathons, halves, you name it, a lot of endurance stuff. I used to cycle a lot and I would be able to keep my heart rate in like zone two on a long run outside, like no problem. But the last time I did that, it was probably like 10, nine years ago. And then I go out for a quick 3k run around the block. And within 10 minutes, my heart rate just shot up like crazy. 
So now it's like, okay, well, I spend all this time doing this thing a lot. Maybe I should focus on the stuff that I suck at. It's just like when people start programming and they know that their back squat sucks compared to their deadlift, then no shit, they should probably focus more time on their back squat. It's just like anything else. So when I ask people, okay, when was the last time you trained your elbow joint, your wrist, your knees, things like that, people just look at me like, I don't even know what that means. And it's funny though, because it's like, if I can improve the um, strength of the connective tissue at your wrists, your elbows, your knees, that transfers over to so many different exercises. Like if I took time with an athlete, client, whatever, to focus on their elbow and wrists for six weeks, and then we retested their bench press one rep max, it would go up because now we trained a system that someone's never trained. It's a new stimulus and your uh, connective tissue surrounding those joints are involved with you know, set exercise of the bench press, and now it's improved. So you can already tell how tangent-y I've been on this one topic of mobility training, and really what it is is strength. You're building strength just in a different way. It's just like how people tell you, okay, if you're doing reps of one to three, that's power. If you're doing reps of six to eight that's pure strength if you're doing reps of eight to twelve that's hypertrophy and anything beyond 12 is endurance you can kind of go on that thought process and start thinking about you know doing mobility training is strength training for my joints which is then going to support what i'm trying to achieve right and you know if i had a runner Hell yeah, I would want to focus on all the connective tissue in their ankles, their feet, their knees, because the amount of ground and pound that happens on their body, it needs to absorb somewhere. So why wouldn't I want to influence the quality of their connective tissue in their knees, feet, and ankles? So what I'm trying to get at here, and I'm like, I keep checking my camera that I'm not um, going over time or if it stopped but um, what I'm trying to get at here is a lot of people just assume that mobility tr training is just stretching and this goes into another topic of like the stretching work and most people kind of fall in these categories of yeah I stretch out my hamstrings for like 30 seconds after a workout to you know stay loose and when you go down the rabbit hole of like any kind of stretching research, there's like a minimum time limit of like two minutes that you need to hold a stretch before any kind of stretch receptor turns on that waits for information. So, you know, I always tell this to new clients where, you know, if you ask any flexible person, like how did you become flexible? Like say a dancer, and they'll tell you like, well, before my dance, practice i would come in an hour early put my a foot on the parallel bar and hold it there for 30 minutes and then switch to the other side right so they put so much time and effort into actual stretching so they can become flexible so they can actually influence um, their tissue at a cellular level but you holding your hamstring or your quad in a stretch for 30 seconds after a leg workout is probably not going to do anything and then a lot of people will say like, oh, I, I'm super tight in this area. 
And then I kind of start educating people that, you know, tightness is a feeling that your nervous system do, has developed for some sort of purpose. You know, sometimes when people come to me and they have super tight ham hamstrings and we go through their kind of like medical history and they tell me that, you know, they pulled their back out before, they've had a herniated disc, blah, 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 and can, the list can go on. So in my head, I'm like, okay, well, most likely your nervous system has developed this tightness around your hamstrings to ensure that that doesn't happen again. It's like protecting you, right? But if you've already kind of gone past that acute phase of that back injury, that tightness is there for no reason. So now we need to influence that tightness to be not tight and have more functioning hamstrings because down the road, that tightness is probably gonna influence something else and something else is gonna start hurting. So where I'm trying to get at here is people need to stop thinking that, you know, mobility training is just pure stretching. Like when I take someone through a kin stretch, um, workout for the first time they literally tell me that it's the most difficult thing they've ever had in their life because it's once again kind of touching on the point in the very beginning of this video is you know we're trying to improve your range of motion actively meaning you need to have strength in that range to get there so you become more flexible but more strong at the same time so if I, going back to that first point, get my, say my external rotation, like actively it was here, but passively I can go back here. And I train myself to get all the way back here actively. The next time I decide to throw a ball or go catch something, because I have that active range, the chances of me hurting the tissue surrounding my shoulder doing things in these ranges is quite low because I actively have that control. The more active control I have in all these different ranges of motion allows my body to solve what I call, um, you know, everyday like movement riddles. Because when you think about what we do on a daily basis, our bodies move in so many different directions. And if you have kids running around, dogs running around, and you're moving your body in all these different directions that you may have never done in your life you probably have a high chance of pulling your back that's why you always hear people go i went to grab the laundry basket and then my whole back gave out or like i had a sharp pain going through but if i was able to train someone's spine and this is the other thing too is like when was the last time you trained your spine and i made a post about this and i made a joke that training your spine doesn't mean having a sore low back after deadlift day right? Like your spine is a series of joints. So just like how we were talking about getting your wrists, your elbows and shoulders stronger, you can also get your spine stronger, right? Like our bodies are highly adaptable things that we can train to succeed in everyday life. And all of this, if you want to go deeper into it, is all based on current research when it comes to any kind of rehab out there. If you look at what Dr. Andrew Spina and Michael Shivers speaks about all the time, is all of this stuff is just in a higher detail. So what I'm trying to get at is like, a lot of people are missing this huge component of strength training that's never been really dedicated to everyday exercisers other than when you get injured because going back to that shoulder injury, say I actually 
strained my rotator cuff. Your physio will take you into this position here, arm at 90, hold and resist, hold and resist, hold and resist, hold and resist until it gets you back into abduction with external rotation without any pain. And the moment you're out of pain and you've regained somewhat decent range of motion, you just throw all that rehab stuff out and then you go right back into the gym doing bench press, overhead presses, snatches, whatever the fuck you want. But imagine if you now took that individual that's pain-free with that shoulder and continued that rehab process, but actually did things on a higher scale. That is what kin stretch is, what internal strength training is for that shoulder. That shoulder now becomes so strong in the connective tissue level and now you can press more you can take on more load you can take on more volume whatever it is but a lot there's a huge disconnect and a lot of people are not seeing that connection and that's what i've been trying to kind of educate on my platform on social media tiktok instagram youtube you name it but people just haven't found you know this information or coaches are just not educated enough to tell their current clients about this but I'm going to kind of end it there because I can like end up talking about this for hours, but I want people to understand that mobility training is not you getting more flexible. It's you getting stronger at a connective tissue level to gain more active control of your joints to produce more force. So if you are looking to get stronger and pain-free and prevent injuries, then focusing on internal strength at your capsular level is a way to go and it's going to bleed into so many other facets of your fitness and health journey so i'm going to end it there um, if you guys have any questions feel free to reach out leave a comment on this video share this podcast this youtube channel uh, i think we're at 550 subscribers so 50 more until we hit 600 my goal by the end of 2023 is to hit that 1000 subscriber marker so please subscribe if you haven't done so already um add me on facebook add me on instagram tiktok you name it um that's it for me until next time you guys 